Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone and welcome. I am Katie Patrick, joined by Mr. David Fiorazzo and it's time for David to enjoy his little pumpkin spice latte over there. Mm. Cause why not? Uh, savor the flavor. It's not just for Christmas season anymore. It's year round in David's world. Yes. Now we've been telling you all week about Freedom Project Academy. It's our K-12 Judeo-Christian classical online school. And right now, at this very moment, we are enrolling students for the fall. So we would love for you to actually take a look at it. Your child or your children or your grandchildren can enroll full-time or maybe they just need one or two courses. So all you have to do to get some more information about this is request your free information packet today. Do it today. And you can go get that free information packet from freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. And mention educated, all right? Friends? You know what time it is if you're a fan of the show, if you watch regularly. We are going to check in with one of my favorite truth proclaimers and defenders and my favorite international correspondent, Mr. Alex Newman. And let's check out what story he has to share this week. Hey, Alex. Hey, guys. Great to be here. So, uh, yeah, a new bill in Texas is uh, fascinating. Uh, lawmakers, uh, it's already moved through the Senate. It's going to the House. Now, lawmakers are working on a plan to put the Ten Commandments back in the classrooms in government schools all across the state. Uh, and they say the goal is to remind children about God's laws and also about the critical role that the Ten Commandments and uh, the Bible played in the founding of America. So uh, this sailed through the Senate. It's expected to sail through the House. Uh, under the bill, uh, every public school classroom in Texas has to display what the text of the legislation describes as a durable poster or framed copy of the Ten Commandments, and uh, that would be effective next school year, so coming up soon. Um, and, you know, they, they anticipated that some um, anti-Christian, anti-Bible teachers might try to be funny, and so they mandated that these be at least uh, 20 inches tall by 16 inches wide, and that they be posted in a conspicuous place, because, you know, the teachers would put like a little teeny tiny microscopic one uh, if they thought they could get away with it or hide it, you know, behind the whiteboard or whatever. So uh, there you go. That's got to be in a conspicuous place. Now, uh, the senator who introduced it, Senator Phil King, he said the bill would remind students all across Texas of the importance of the fundamental foundation of America. Uh, that's what he said in a hearing before the uh, bill was passed in the state Senate. And uh, lots of support for this, including from Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, known as a conservative. Uh, he uh, heartily endorsed this measure. He said bringing the Ten Commandments and prayer back to our public schools will enable our students to become better Texans. Uh, and not just better Texans, but also better Americans and better better human beings. Um, he, he expressed hope that this would actually help change the culture all across the country. Now, um, you know, there, there are some grumpy uh, anti-God people who don't want that. But of course, uh, the, the Ten Commandments were at the very foundation of the United States, of our system of government, and even of Western civilization more broadly. Uh, America's founding fathers understood this clearly. Right? They, they understood that thou shalt not murder meant God had given you a right to life. They understood that thou shalt not steal meant that God had given you a an unalienable, God-given right to acquire, own, and dispose of property. Um, so these are very, very important um, 
really foundational precepts of our system of government. Now, uh, the lawless Supreme Court did uh, kick the Ten Commandments out of schools uh, back in 1980. Um, And before that, back in the 60s, they had outlawed uh, prayer and Bibles in the schools. But uh, one justice, Justice Potter Stewart, he explained in his dissent what was really going on here. He said this is not actually establishing or uh, creating neutrality with respect to religions. Uh, What it did, he said, was established the religion of secularism, or uh, as John Dewey and his humanist buddies would have known it, the religion of humanism, right? The idea that there is no God. Uh, And and you can read their religious document, the Humanist Manifesto. Uh, It is very, very transparent. Their first premise is that we believe the universe is self-existing and not created, which contrasts that with the Bible in the beginning God created. Contrast that with our Declaration of Independence that says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that we are all created equally, that our creator endowed us with certain unalienable rights. So uh, obviously this religion that the Supreme Court established in the 1960s uh, in total violation of the Constitution is not compatible with the principles that the United States is founded on. Now, uh, two years ago, Texas lawmakers passed a bill that became law that orders the schools to display in God we trust signs that are donated to the schools. And uh, we've got lots of movement, uh, similar activities in other states, uh, even though the uh, rogue federal courts are um, trying to suppress it. Now, the uh, anti religion fanatics at the uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation. And actually, I got to debate one of their uh, senior attorneys um, on uh, on the Jesse Lee Peterson show uh, some time ago. That was fun about uh, this exact question. Um, you know, should should God be in the school? Should the Ten Commandments be in the schools? Uh, and of course, I, I don't think the government ought to be educating children. But setting that aside, um, you know, this uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation, they uh, they put out this nasty press release. They said, we're going to file a lawsuit, boo-hoo. Uh, and they pointed to that Supreme Court decision I mentioned in 1980, Stone versus Graham, where the Supreme Court said the preeminent purpose for posting the Ten Commandments on schoolroom walls is plainly religious. Um, and so they're hoping that the court will strike this down. I wouldn't be so sure this time around, right? We've got a, a different court with a different makeup with quite a few conservatives on it. Um, obviously, the U.S. Supreme Court building itself has, uh, you know, a carving of Moses and the Ten Commandments displayed prominently on the building. Uh, and of course, they never had any constitutional authority to tell local government schools what they should be doing, how they should be praying, what Bible they should be reading, etc. Uh, none of that's within their purview. Now, again, you know, setting aside the question of whether children should be educated by government in the first place, um, obviously, children need to be taught about God and his laws. Uh, so this bill strikes me as a step in the right direction, even though I still wouldn't send my kids to a public school, and I wouldn't recommend that you do it either. But uh, thanks, guys. Great to be here. Talk to you soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Looking for a K-12 classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values? FPA is enrolling now for the fall. Request your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. Disney doubles down on two major animated films featuring LGBTQ elements, Lightyear and Strange World. The woke Walt Disney has lost over $300 million and its stock plummeted last year by 44%. Knowing they've lost public support and over a quarter or more than a quarter of a billion dollars on just two animated features, what did Disney do? They decided to promote and host its first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night. 
That's right. Disney, darkness, and depravity. Sounds about right. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. It used to be nearly impossible for a Disney animated feature film to bomb at the box office. But now they have two major failures last year alone, likely due to same-sex characters and themes injected in both Lightyear and Strange World. So rather than learn from its historic failure and change course, Disney basically decides to flip off the majority of its audience. And last week's tweet says this, celebrating the LGBTQIA plus community and allies, proudly join us for the first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night at Disneyland Park on June 13 and 15. Exclamation point. Celebrating pride in the dark at the park. Got it. So Disney's website announced the June event as a proud celebration and emphasized it was an after-hours affair. Ticket prices, $139 per guest. The Disneyland After Dark Pride Night includes the following. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse dressed in special attire. Disney photographers taking pictures of guests in front of Pride-themed backdrops. And inspirational messages. Wonder what they could be. Themed eats food options, and a family-friendly, joyful dance party with Disney characters. So it's interesting. We've seen major corporations dig their LGBTQ heels in recently and immerse themselves in wokeness, progressive politics, and transgender ideology. Maybe they can afford to lose millions of dollars, or in Disney's case, hundreds of millions of dollars. Disney's stock sank to a 52-week low at the end of 2022, recording its worst year since 1974. According to Matthew Bush at the Western Journal, he said, The common theme between these movies and the reason that they both lost more money than any other animated film in Disney history is the showcasing of woke ideology that permeates both films. So the animated film Strange World did earn $73 million at the box office, but it had a $317.4 million budget. Ouch. It's clear Disney pushed the envelope by featuring another openly gay main character, and Strange World lost nearly $200 million. Lightyear also bombed, despite having all the makings of a box office hit in the successful franchise. The Toy Story franchise was one of Disney's most successful, but Lightyear lost $106 million. So, naturally, the film critics, most of them, Hollywood, Disney executives, they all defended both movies. They even cited a few excuses for the movies flopping, such as foreign countries banning the movie for its on-screen LGBTQ representation, and poor marketing. (laughs) Poor marketing. After all these years, they still don't have the marketing quite down. Sounds like delusion and denial to me. 
Earlier this month, the Parents Television and Media Council, PTC, along with over 10,000 parents and other concerned citizens, signed a petition to Disney. They're calling on the Disney Board of Directors to remove sexually themed content targeted at children in Disney Entertainment and on Disney-owned platforms. Don't hold your breath. Now, last November, I addressed this problem and said, just like Hollywood, Disney is not likely to go back. The agenda is too entrenched in its brand now, as well as the entire entertainment industry. Parents have been warned. Disney is out of the closet, and LGBTQ activists want to force their immorality upon the entire population. And they're coming for and converting young children across the country. What a drag. Remember the LGBTQ movement? They might seem popular or prevalent right now, but they have actually overplayed their hand, in my opinion. These numbers, as well as recent polls, indicate the majority do not support the leftist ideologies that seem to be driving the train. So let's look to the Bible real quick and the Gospel of John for some insight on human nature, and this might apply here. It says, And this is the judgment, that light, Jesus, has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light. John 3, verses 19 through 21. The simple fact is people love their sin, so they remain in darkness instead of turning, turning to Jesus, the light, and the only one who can rescue them. And their time is running out, friends. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Hi. We're just playing with Melanie C, uh, Sporty Spice, and I was thinking maybe we should wake her up and see if she'll play the piano for us. Would you like that? Come with me. So that's what we do in our playtime. We just let Melanie play her piano, and we just play along, hopes that everybody's happy. Thanks for watching. There are no words. This is what our country has become a middle-aged to getting near elderly man dressing and acting like a six-year-old girl. Clearly someone needs to seek professional treatment. But wait, what if the man was in his 20s and he acted like a little girl? Well, then we would just call him Dylan Mulvaney and celebrate everything that he has become. So as this train prepares to uh, jump right off the tracks, let's see what other stories are trending left. And since we're talking all things crazy, I'd like to introduce you to yet another totally sane and normal man who seems to be having a tough time this month dealing with those man cramps. I think the really crappy thing about having a period every month is that like I have to experience all of this pain 
all this discomfort and I don't even get the joy or the ability to bear children like such especially this month because the cramps have been really really bad debilitating even more so than usual and it's just like you know at least give me the ability to have a baby or just like take this away now imagine if that was an actual woman who actually had a period and actually was not able to have children think of her perspective but no i'm sorry we can't do that because it's all about the men who pretend to be women feminism goodbye trans everything everything now moving on we have video of yet another middle-aged man who likes playing dress up who was met by a real mama bear after he attempted to use the women's restroom listen closely to the statement that he makes at the end about being a mama on the basis of the comfort and dignity of girls and women, I'm asking you, telling you, please do not use women's spaces. My it girls, makes them feel uncomfortable. My girls and the other women I am with are very comfortable with being in right. the bathroom. Well, fortunately, I'm not your daughter, and my daughter is also not your daughter. That's right. And she so would she feel, uh, 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 she would feel very uncomfortable. No, I, right. no well, you interrupted me. me. Excuse you me. Interrupted I'm not here for a debate. Beth, do you mind? Right. I would like to, I would ask you to please call up your dog. I, I beg your pardon. Whoa. I am asking you Whoa. as a mother, Whoa. I am asking you as a mother, do not use female spaces. And I'm it very makes, uncomfortable. It makes women and girls feel very uncomfortable. As a mother, you are I not, am, how dare you. As a mother, I am very uncomfortable. You're not a mother. You never birthed your children, you are not a mother, Dawn. Right. I did the job of mine, which is yeah, it was kind of hard to hear there, but he said, I do the job of a mama, which is more important. And what in the bloody hell does that mean? Because as that mama bear had to, you know, look up to John, because he's a man, John is only concerned with what John feels and all the people who are with John, not actual women or actual females, which mama bear there was talking about. Now, one thing to point out was the actual man who was standing in between them. What is his whole role in this? I'll let you decide. Now, if you thought this delusion was only restricted to the white people, boy and girl, do I have a treat for you. Too soon with the boy and girl? Anyway, this next grouping of males dressed to the nines apparently collectively feels much more comfortable pretending to be women so they can call all white people racist, even our friends down under. All white people are racist, period, point blank, end of story. You cannot be white and not racist. It's not possible because if you are born in this country, in this America, I'm all white Americans. I, I, don't, I don't live in Australia, but they racist too. If you don't live in Australia, they are nasty. If you are white and you're raised in America, you are raised through TV, through books, through every single thing to have racial bias toward white people and against people of color. Now, I, I don't know what was just said. I was totally distracted trying to figure out that entire time who's actually female and who's male on that panel. Do you, do you know? Let me know. Someone in the comments, let me know. Like, what was it like two to three, three to two? How, how many males and females were actually on that panel? And how uncomfortable were they sitting with all whatever it is they were wearing? I'm very confused. Not as confused as most of them. But anyway, we're going to wrap things up with a story based in reality. Oh, how refreshing. We have a young man, reportedly, who attends Auburn High School in Virginia. And he was brave enough to take his concerns to the school board after his teacher assigned a book 
even he deemed inappropriate for school. Three weeks ago, my class and I were given this book to read by our English teacher. I'm going to let you know that this book was read aloud by our teacher in a classroom full of my peers. On page 13, it says, quote, Margot's best friend started a rumor that the real reason he had blood in his urine was due to chronic masturbation. On page 37, it says, quote, my lovely boyfriend of low these many months is my best friend. On page 276, it says, Ben starts, I spy with my little eye something I really like. Is it the taste of No. Is it the taste of I guess. But this book was originally chosen by our teacher. When we asked our teacher why these disgusting comments were in the book, the excuse was that the book was coming from the perspective of high school students and that my peers speak this way as well. This is something I wouldn't feel comfortable reading in front of my own parents, let alone my teacher reading it to an entire class of students. Now, that's a young man who actually is acting as a young man and standing up to the school board and thinking logically and asking the question, why is it that this is what our curriculum is giving us? But what will come of that? Well, absolutely nothing, because nothing ever comes of it. Anytime we report these stories, it is always he speaks his piece or the mama bear speaks her piece to the school board and nothing, just, just nothing, because this is America. But thankfully, that's going to wrap up this segment. Of course, there is going to be plenty more craziness next week. Until then, stay sane, America. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Parents, grandparents, any adult really who cares, but parents especially, I need you to listen up. Open those ears, put on your listening ears, as I would tell my toddlers. We've all heard about some of the weird online challenges that people have been doing. We've had everything from taking a spoonful or basically a ladle full of cinnamon. That was a doozy. What? To, oh, you haven't heard about the cinnamon no. challenge? Well, there's oh been goodness. the cinnamon challenge. But now last week we had actually talked about the hot gum challenge. Well, as content creators look to increase their followers, challenges are becoming more dangerous and more kids then naturally are trying them. Jeez. So that is actually the story for one boy in Missouri who attempted a challenge that has kids blow up a basketball until it explodes. It sounds relatively harmless until you see what actually happened to 13-year-old Max. Uh -oh. Watch this. Watch the upper left part of your screen. A 13-year-old in an Ellisville neighborhood inflating a basketball when this happens. What was that noise? Um, it's a gunshot, a firework. Um, 
um, almost like a bomb going off. The basketball explodes with Melissa Kramer's son Max standing right over it. And just like, boom. He was rushed to the hospital where they found out his hand took the brunt of it. But he also scratched both corneas and had partial hearing loss. At first I thought, oh my gosh, well, surely that was an accident. But it was no accident. Max saw a viral challenge online that involves overinflating a basketball. He had um, a video of some friends that had done something similar. Max told me the social media feeds of teenagers are inundated with risky videos. It's like everywhere. Like you'll see a lot of people just doing every challenge, like, like just trying to find new stuff to do. Next we head to Ohio, where another 13-year-old boy tried another challenge while his friends filmed it. The challenge? Take 14 doses of Benadryl with the goal of hallucinating. However, unlike the basketball challenge, this one ended in tragedy. This morning, new warnings about the Benadryl challenge on TikTok after the death of a 13-year-old in Ohio. I'm going to do everything I can to try to make sure another child doesn't go through it. In the dangerous stunt, users take 12 to 14 pills of the antihistamine Benadryl in hopes of hallucinating. Jacob Stevens tried it with friends filming, but instead of hallucinating, his body started seizing. And they kind of just all come at one time and it was too much for his body. The family sharing this graphic image of Jacob in the hospital so others can see firsthand what the challenge did to him. The worst day of my life. He was on a ventilator for six days before doctors determined he would never wake up. Katie, I, you know, I know we didn't have, we meaning not you, but me when I was younger, we didn't have this kind of stuff. Um, yes, we had peer pressure. Um, hey, take this egg and throw it at a car going by. You know, it's probably one of the most dangerous Ding things we did. Ding dong ditch. We yeah, had, you know, that, uh, ring the doorbell had. and run. But but uh, stuff they're doing now because they're seeing the popularity of it on their iPhone or TikTok get or on the these likes, other. Get the likes. This is really likes. dangerous, guys. And I, I I don't know. You're. It's more important to teach common sense to your kids. And and if you're a believer in Christ, pray for wisdom. Mm -hmm. on, on what to share with your kids because they're going to be around a lot of idiotic ideas when they go to school if they go to the government schools and hang out with peers there they're, they're going to get pressured into doing things and they're, they're going to do it because they think it's popular and they think they'll be cool with the group right well yeah and, and, and sadly it's not even cool with the group physically in front of them it's also cool with the online oh yeah yeah the audience, audience yep. whatever that may be yeah. and because these kids I mean, they've only ever known technology now we're at the point now where they don't remember a time before technology everyone every part of their life has been technology wow. how is it that last week when we talked about that hot gum challenge it was a what's a first grader who brought the gum because that they saw it wasn't it a first grader i think it was yeah. it was a very young child yeah who saw it online yeah that's all this is what they do and the fact that these two stories you take a look at them the first boy, they're both 13 in this instance, but the first boy said, hmm, I'm bored, looking for something new to do. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. What is it that these kids, how they spend their time? They spend their time on these social media sites. They think that going out and being active in like trying new things is via whatever the social media tells them to go out and do and be active. You may say, oh, look, there's a boy out there with a basketball. Oh, right. great. He was only maybe out there with that basketball because the social media told him to do it. And so parents, more now more than ever, yeah. you need to really be vigilant about what you Absolutely. talk to your, I guess, 
children and teenagers especially, about see what they're doing, why they're doing it, what they're learning. Get them off of the social media to begin with. There's no reason any, and you're going to say, oh, Katie, you only have toddlers, so you don't know what you're talking about. But there's no reason for these kids to have social media. There's no reason for it. What good is coming from it? What good? And talk to your kids. Talk to them. Warn them about this. Don't wait for them to bring it up. Say, hey, some friends of mine had this great idea. They're not going to probably tell you. So talk to them. Warn them about these challenges. Warn them about trying to impress an audience out there around the world on social media that have no bearing on your life and your health and your livelihood, but you're trying to impress people for for show. Gosh. And we're not going to go into it. We're going to wrap this up quick. But it's the same age, these 13-year-olds, who we are being told by medical professionals that they are mature enough to decide whether or not what gender they are, that they can cut body parts off and take puberty blockers because they're smart enough for that. Think about that for a moment. But think about it long and hard because we're going to be out of here in just a moment. It's going to wrap up our week here on Educated. And I think uh, everyone here has learned a a couple things. David, did you learn a couple things? Yes, I learned not to uh, blow up my basketball. At least that much. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) It's sad. Well, for Katie and myself, thanks for watching, for listening, and supporting the show. And until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.